we wrap up this series today, Stay Woke. This idea of staying woke, it means to be alert. It means to be aware of. It means to be in the know of things that are going on around you. This has been a call for us to kind of get our head out of the sand, you might say, and for us to see and notice what's happening around us, to be aware of it, but more importantly, to respond and do something about it. We've talked about various social injustices and ills that are plaguing our culture today. We've talked about how we need to be aware that there is an enemy on the prowl that is trying to destroy, devour us. We've, we, we, we've talked about how, how oh, we need to, to know, we need to be alert to that, hey, we don't have all the time in the world left that the return of Christ could come. It could happen any, any moment. And today, today maybe maybe the biggest message in this series, but, but one that I think is so important for us today. My, my, my prayer today as we wrap up this, this Stay Woke series is that we would be aware to the, that there are lost people all around us. My, my prayer today is that we as the church would wake up and that we would understand, first of all, that lost people are not the enemy, but instead they're the objects of the Father's heart. And thus they should be the object of our heart as well. Do you care about lost people? Now, now keep in mind, when I say lost people, that means anyone who does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if I don't, if I don't have Christ in my life, I, I am separated from the Father. You see, it's through Jesus that we are made right with God, okay? It's not by going to church. It's not by knowing scripture. It's not by giving more money to to great causes around the world. What makes me right, what brings me into a relationship with God is what I do with Jesus Christ. Are you with me there? Have you asked Jesus Christ into your life to dominate you, to be your Lord and Savior? Have you asked him to forgive you of your sins and invited him in to take over you. You see, lost people are not the problem. They're the object of God's heart. That, that's why Jesus came. For God so what the world? He loved the world. If God did not love lost people, why would he send Jesus? But scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not, what? Perish, but have eternal life. I, I'm also praying today that we would, through our journey this morning, join the Father as he sets out to find his lost sheep. I want to share some statistics with you, to me, with, with you that, that are staggering to me. There are approximately 7 billion people on earth And approximately 750 million of them, or about 11% of those, are willing to claim Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. 7 billion. But only 11% of them profess Christ as Savior. There are about 2.6 billion people, or 38% of the world's population, that have heard the gospel, but they've not accepted Christ yet. So what that means is that at the present time, there are just, there's just over 50% of the world's population or, or, or 3.5 billion people who have, not, who have not heard the gospel. In fact, there's a large percentage of those who, who don't have a realistic opportunity to hear the gospel unless somebody goes to where they're at 
to share with them. Staggering, isn't it? When, when I look at those statistics, you know what that means to me? Is that, 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 they're gonna, that, that, that heaven, or excuse me, hell is going to be more populated than heaven is if these current trends stay the same. You see what I'm saying? And remember what we said last week. Heaven was created for, 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 for people. Hell was not created for people. You, you need to know that God's plan and God's desire is not for people to go to hell. That's never been his plan. Hell was created for the devil, not for people. Not for people created in the image of God, the object of the Father's love. If God loved people so much that he would send his only son, why would he then just say, hey, to hell with them? He, well, he wouldn't. That's not his heart. God doesn't send people to hell. Staggering that so many people have yet to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. We here are going church. We believe that every man and woman, boy and girl ought to have the opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. In fact, I know that you've already seen it today when you walked into the atrium. That, that, that's why today out in the atrium, you're, you're, unless, unless you, you have a hard time seeing things, you, you will not be able to miss a golden opportunity for you to partner with us in Guatemala. We, we have pictures, I believe, around 40 images of, of boys and girls that, that live in a little community that we have partnered with for the last three years called Tecpan Guatemala. The, these are boys and girls that, 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 that we have an opportunity to, to kind of bring into our family, your family, sponsor them for about $38 a month. That, that, that gives this kid an opportunity to, to go to a, a, a Christian school there, Colegio Israel, a school that we've partnered with in this incredible little community in Guatemala. That kid is able to receive incredible education in that school, clothing, some, some medical attention, some, some, some nutrition things. They're, they're, they're able to receive and have an opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why we, we partner with Guatemala now, that, that's why today we've already sponsored well over 100 children, but these are, these are new ones that the school leaders have identified down there. Hey, listen, we want to make sure that these kids and thus their families, listen, if we can, if we can reach a kid that gives us an entry point into their homes... That's why our teams that are going down there, we've got a student group that's going down in June, our, our medical teams that have been going. Listen, we're, we're not just ministering to these kids that you sponsor, but their families are now interested in the gospel. They're, they're interested in, in, in who we are and what we have to say. We're, we're earning the right to speak truth. And then by just meeting some basic needs, hey, would you step up today and give somebody an opportunity to, to hear the life changes. I pray that they not be a statistic, a number, one who did not have an opportunity to hear. There, there are some more staggering numbers to me. 95% of all Christians have never won a soul to Christ. 95%. In, in this room today, there'll probably be about 1,000 adults in this room today over the course of our three services. 95% of that, that's what, 950 people will have never led someone to Jesus Christ. 80% of all Christians do not consistently witness 
for Christ. Less than 2% are involved in the ministry of evangelism. And check this out. 71% do not give financially towards financing the Great Commission. They don't give towards kingdom causes like what the church represents. Do you realize that when you step up, when you pull a kid's name or a picture off of a, a, a string hanging and you, and you turn it into a table, do, do you realize you're giving towards kingdom, great commission type of stuff? You're, you're giving that kid, do you realize that when you drop money in, in a my best box here or when you give on to, to, to this church, do you realize you're giving towards kingdom movements? But yet 71% will never give towards Great commission work. Just, we don't care, evidently. We won't give financially so that people could hear the gospel. Listen, Luke 19.10 is the mission or the purpose, the vision of this church. It says, for the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. For those of you that are new, if you've not been around here much, you need to understand something. We believe that Jesus' purpose while he was here on earth for those 33 years, especially for the final three years of his life, his purpose were to find lost things, especially people. Why? Because I've already shared that with you. God loves people. They're the objects of his affection. And while Jesus was here, he was always trying to find these people far from his father. And he was wanting to, to share his story with them. He wanted them to know about God's love. He ultimately would demonstrate that by going to a cross and dying. Jesus not only found people, but, but you see, he brought them and gave them an opportunity to come into this intimate relationship that was a vibrant and growing one with this great God in heaven. When Jesus was ministering here on earth, he sought, he went looking for lost people. And today we believe this, that through the Holy Spirit working in this church, the church is searching also for lost people, or we should be. Are we searching are we still seeking? Are we still out there trying to find people who do not know our Savior? It doesn't just end, though, with finding lost people. It also involves restoring them to this, this relationship with God. You see, this mission that, 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 that Jesus had while he was here on earth was not just a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It wasn't just, hey, I'm going to preach a sermon one day, and, and that's all that I have for you. No, no, it wasn't just, just a once-in-a-lifetime a experience for people, but, but it was this daily involvement in their life. You see, he, he, Jesus wants to enter your life today and, and, and consume you, not just this moment, but every day of your life. He wants to deposit his spirit within you so that you can live this life that, oh, he desires for you to live. This life that he says in John chapter 10 is life to the fullest. You see, that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ in us. And he wants to fill you with that today. You see, God is actively pursuing transformation in your life. And he wants to change you. And he wants you to experience life as it was intended to be lived. He wants you to be more and more like Jesus every day. 
As we consider this calling, as we consider what God's desire and what his plan, this mandate that we have to go and tell and, and make sure that every man and woman, boy and girl have an opportunity to hear the story of Jesus Christ. Listen, that, that, that we, we, we need to understand something. We, we, we've got to learn something. I, I believe that we've got to learn to see people as Jesus sees people. You see, these are not just, just some, some pictures of, of kids with different skin tone hanging in, in, our, in our atrium today. The, 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 these are, these, these are, are boys and girls that, 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 that Jesus gave his very life for. And I guess the question is, would we be willing to do the same? Look what it says in the book of Matthew chapter 9. We kind of get a feel for Jesus' heartbeat towards people when we read these words in Matthew chapter 9, beginning verse 35, it says that Jesus traveled through the towns and villages of the area, teaching in their synagogues and announcing the good news. What kind of news? The good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he was fed up and put off with them. No. Scripture says when he saw the crowds, he had what? He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 9 that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Jesus doesn't say here in Matthew chapter 9 that the believers are few. He doesn't say that the worship, worshipers are few. He doesn't say that, hey, we have a lack of disciples. Or there's, hey, he doesn't say that the intercessors are few, that the tithers are few. No, he says the workers are few. He, he, he doesn't say here in, in Matthew chapter 9 that, that, that the kingdom of God has a lack of power or lack of anointing or, or a lack of spiritual gifts. The, the kingdom of God doesn't lack character or it doesn't have a lack of vision. What's lacking here in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus says, are workers. He, he, he doesn't prescribe to them. He, he, he doesn't say here in Matthew chapter 9 that, that we need more prayer meetings. We need more worship gatherings, guys. We, we need more sermons to preach. Or, hey, hey, I need somebody to write some more songs so that we can sing those. We need more resources to share with people. We need more pamphlets, tracts. We need more money to invest or more opportunities. We just need to create some more opportunities. No, that's not what he says, is it? He says we need more workers. Are you hearing it today? You see, the problem is not the world, but it's the workers who are the issue. You don't like that. I'm just telling you what Scripture is alluding to. The world, the, 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 the world this unbelieving world, these, the, the, the people that are jacked up and people that are hopeless, people that are making poor decisions, people, people that are, are rude and people that cut you off in traffic, they're not the problem. The problem is, it's the workers. It's those of us that are filling houses of worship today with our hands lifted high and singing that there is no one like you, God. I've seen you do it. I know you'll do it again. We, we can sing those words. But I believe in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus would say, we're the problem. 
You see, the world around us is not the illness. It's the people who follow Christ, but don't engage the world. That's the problem. Jesus promises us in Matthew chapter 9 that there is an entire harvest waiting if workers would just be intentional in going. Farmers, anybody farm? Anybody farmer, home garden? Okay, home garden. Anybody been on farmersonly.com and ever looked for a, a date, right? You don't have to be lonely. You know, that's what they say, right? So farmers, farmers say to them that this word harvest that we read about in Matthew chapter nine, that word harvest to a farmer, it means ready. It means ready. And so what Jesus is saying here, if we could translate it from from the farmer's almanac, it might say, hey, the ready is plentiful. It's ready and it is plentiful. He's got all kinds of lost people that are ready to hear about him. The lost people aren't his problem. It's people. It's his people. It's his people that are sitting in the seats of our worship centers today. Soaking up the spiritual goodies while people all around them are ready for Jesus, but yet they're spiritually dying without him. So that's why Jesus says for us to ask the Lord of the harvest to send more workers into the field. It's interesting, in the, in the original language of the New Testament, the, 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 the word send or the, the word send out literally means to forcibly expel. We ought to try that, staff. We, we, we ought to have like some ejector buttons that we could eject people from these seats today. You see, when, 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 when these words are asked the Lord to send out workers, what, what, what that literally means in the original language was to forcibly expel. I believe that Jesus has to shake us. I believe that Jesus needs to make us restless within our comfort zone. He, lets, he needs to let us know that there's something missing And and my prayer is that that, that today we would understand that we get to join him in his rescue mission here on earth. His life's mission was not just to have a crowd of people follow him and gather with him. His mission was dying people. That's why he came. And that's why he died. So that others need not have to. When we look at words like evangelism that we use in settings such as this, when we talk about things like witnessing, hey, those words to me just don't seem to convey this life or death urgency that the Bible is describing to us. In fact, I love this verse in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 11. It tells us, rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die. Save them as they stagger to their death. Do you realize that you're going to come in contact with people today that are staggering towards death? And what will we do about that? Do we understand the urgency of of rescuing them? They're unjustly sentenced to die. Will we do what we can to save them as they 
just stagger towards death. You see, when it's, when it's rescue, when, 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 when someone's going to die, if you don't go after them, listen, you can no longer just stay in this comfortable Christian nest. You've got to do whatever you can to, 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 to rescue the dying. And, and, and maybe God just wants to use these words this morning to, to shake you out of this seat. To, to get you into the mission for which his son died. I, I loved it. Uh, the last week, week and a half, our, our student ministry, our, our youth pastors, you need to know something about our youth pastors. Man, they are anointed Holy Spirit-filled men, and they do some, some unorthodox things to, to, <clears throat> to, to not only share with students the gospel of Jesus, but then they, they actually give them opportunities to live that out. Over the last week and a half, maybe starting last, was it last weekend? Praying over people. <clears throat> so, so here's what they do. They they, 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 they gather them up and they feed them. They feed them chicken, you know, because that's the, that's, you got to have chicken before you, when you gather, right? It's the holy bird, or I guess, I don't know. But, but they, they, they ate together and you know what these guys did? They said, okay, we're going to go out and we're going to start walking around our community and we're going to walk up to people and say, hey, can we pray with you over anything Maybe there's something going on in your life. They were at Walmart praying with people in the, the, the I saw around the, like the towel section. They, 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 they walked the streets and they went to Home Depots and places like that as, as guys are trying to, you know, find lumber and say, hey, bro, can, is there anything that we, that, that's what they're doing. You know what they're doing? They're doing what we all should be doing. They're not just sitting at home and they're not just hanging out at Cane's eating chicken and crinkle fries. I love me some crinkle fries. But what they're doing is they're getting out and they're encouraging students to go and just engage people. We have a hard time with face-to-face -face engagement today in our culture. We do, we do. Social media has made it, and so many of us now, we're afraid to engage people. I love our student ministry. I love students that are be willing to get out and, and it's uncomfortable and it's odd and weird. And they, they had some times of celebration, but, but then they got shut down sometimes too, right? Hey, that's reality. You don't always win. Not everyone gets a trophy in life. Sometimes you're not going to, to be successful, but yet you keep going. And I'm just wondering for us, the rest of us, if maybe we could just steal a page out of their playbook. Would, would we be willing to get out of the nest and do something that's a little uncomfortable for us? Would we be willing to get out and just go to somebody and, and say, and, and engage them with the gospel? Come on, guys. We do a good job of sitting and soaking. But I think it's time for us to get out and go. People's lives hang in the balance. I love these words that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae and in Colossians chapter four. He, he first asked them this in verse four. He says, would you pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should? But, but, but then he encourages them in verse five with these words. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. What are they supposed to do with their opportunities? Make the most of them. 
Guys, listen, this spiritual harvest business is urgent stuff. A farmer would tell you that harvest is always urgent. You you need to know, and and we, we shared this last week. If you missed last Sunday, go back and listen. Listen, this opportunity we have to tell someone about Jesus Christ and the difference he can make in their life, it will not last forever. Uh, in fact, I was in, I was in a rehab facility this week in Dallas visiting, visiting a family member. And, and the young lady that was, was, was uh, uh, his physical therapist, I just, before she left, I just said, oh, hold the elevator. I just said, hey, I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas because I may not see you again. That's odd and it's weird, isn't it? But you know, the reality of that is that there'll be people today that you rub shoulders with that you may run into at, at Home Depot or Walmart or, 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 or and, and it might be your, you've got to make the most of that opportunity. Are you with me there? People's lives hang in the balance. Are we willing to drop everything and take advantage of the time in which we do have? God wants us to feel, I believe, in Matthew chapter 9, that kind of urgency about telling people his story, telling them about a man who loved them enough to die for them. Listen, we never know when our time or when their time will run out. We must make the most of this opportunity. So today we're here. That, that, that means to me that God's not finished with his work on earth And God has given us a little more time today to bring someone to his son. Don't keep putting it off. Don't let your life be so full of what I would call uneternal stuff that you miss the mission that matters the most. You know what your greatest calling in life is, Christian? It's to tell the story of Jesus Christ. Go ye therefore into all the world. We are to be a going people. Listen, there is someone you know who desperately needs Jesus. And Jesus has given you a little more time to bring them home. And let me also just remind you what, 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 what Paul would say in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. He, he, he would want you to know that you are a walking epistle. What? What did you call me? Yeah, you're an epistle. It's, that means that, that you're, 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 you're the gospel, you're Jesus in the flesh. You're to be a walking embodiment of, 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 of what Jesus was all about. 2 Corinthians 3, 3 says, Clearly you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. Do you realize that one person can make all the difference? You can be a difference maker today. And I know that there've been people probably in your life that said, oh, you'll never amount to anything. I'm telling you in God's economy, you can make a tremendous difference. Listen, all of us have something to do. All of us have a sphere of influence. We want to do what we can guys while we can. You see, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are an an ambassador of Christ. And you may, Paul would remind us here, be the only Christian that some people will ever know. That's why he calls us walking epistles. We're written by God and we're read by men. (laughs) 
You may be the only Bible that some people ever read. You know, this great commission that Jesus gave us before his final ascension into heaven is calling us to go and to make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always. That's the great commission. This, this great commission that w- w- was also given to this man by the name of Paul that we've been looking at some of his writings today. And in, and in Acts chapter 26, beginning in verse 17, here, here, here's what what the Spirit said to Paul. It says, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Now, what do you know about Paul going to the Gentiles? It's bad news. He was Jewish. The Jews and Gentiles didn't get along. We tend to gravitate towards people that are like us, don't we? But we know that Paul had an incredible conversion experience one day. I don't know if you've seen the, the movie, The Apostle Paul. It's great. You ought to. But, but Paul had a tremendous life change. This, this, this man by the name of Saul, who once spent the majority of his life persecuting Christians, became one of the greatest mouthpieces of the gospel in history. And, and, and he began to go to people groups that were unlike him, people that he once tormented in person, people that knew him and were afraid of him. He began to go and try to share the love and the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. You see, I want you to go and preach is what the Spirit told Paul. You see, the preaching of the gospel, hey, that's the real woke movement that our world needs. The, the, the world needs the preaching of the gospel. You see, the preaching of the gospel is what wakes up dead souls and makes them live forever. That's the real woke movement. That's what we need to really be a part of. I I, I love a quote from the movie. Why would Paul have this dramatic line? Why why would he go into these difficult areas? Why why would he place himself in danger? Why, Why would he go against the, the Roman government who he wants to serve valiantly? Why would he, why all of a sudden, this sh- was it really real? You see, Paul really believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had experienced the life change that the preaching of the gospel brings to someone's life. I wonder, do you believe the gospel? Do, do you really believe, are you willing to do whatever it takes to go? I I, I love the quote in the movie. Paul says this, men do not die for things they doubt. And, And I'm just wondering today if we're willing to die for the gospel of Jesus Christ or do we still doubt that it's really real, that it really changes people's lives. May the Lord help us see the lost and tossed people around us as a great harvest of souls. Church, listen, we're in a battle. It's a matter of heaven or hell in people's lives. What will we do with it? Is there an urgency amongst us? Listen, this is no time for us to rest while we're here on earth. Hey, we we can rest in heaven one day, but not now. There's work to be done. There are just a few short hours while we're here on earth. And I'm praying that we 
would go, that we would tell, hey, the harvest is ready. The ready is plentiful. Will we go? I want to invite you to stand with me today. I want to pray over us today, and we're going to sing a song as we leave this place today. Father, I I, I pray that somehow today we would understand that lost people are not the problem. It's us, the believers in the body of Christ. We're, We're too comfortable. We're sitting here, God, and we're not moving. We're not going in your power and in your strength. God, I pray that we would see the urgency of the gospel, that we would run with everything we can. The harvest is plentiful. It's ready. And God, I pray that we would go and tell your story. Lord, I pray we walk in the fullness of the Spirit. Tongues of fire that we would be testifying of the Son. God, that we would prophesy that revival would come and sweep across our land. Oh God, send us out and use us in your power and strength.